This is MPN. Welcome to Movie Matchup. I'm Casey. And I'm Grace. A podcast where we talk in-depth about two movies with a common theme. And at the end, we'll talk about menu items you can enjoy while having your movie marathon. Grace, what is this week's theme? This week's theme is better than the Cliff's Notes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so our first movie is Clueless and... Our description is shallow, rich, and socially successful Cher, Alicia Silverstone, is at the top of her Beverly Hills High School's pecking scale. Seeing herself as a matchmaker, Cher first coaxes two teachers into dating each other. Emboldened by her success, she decides to give hopelessly klutzy new student Ty, Brittany Murphy, a makeover. When Ty becomes more popular than she is, she is, she realizes that her disapproving ex-stepbrother, Paul Rudd, was right about how misguided she was and falls for him. And our second movie is 10 Things I Hate About You. And uh, the Rotten Tomatoes plot description is popular, pretty <laughs> Bianca Stratford is in a dilemma. Her family rule forbids her from dating until her unpopular, rebellious, boy-hating older sister Kat gets a suitor of her own. In an attempt to win Bianca, a potential boyfriend desperately attempts to set Kat up with Patrick Verona, another rebel, who may just be able to win Kat's heart. Yes. And for those who don't know, we chose these two movies because they're both based on uh, other uh, more classic literary works. Clueless is based on Emma, and uh, Ten Things I Hate About You is based on The Taming of the Shrew. Yes. So that's the the theme that we're going with here. And it was a very very, uh, popular thing to do, I feel like, in 90s teen rom-coms. We got a lot of adaptations of, like, mostly Shakespeare, but, uh, but yeah, just doing like teen versions like that, you know, yeah, would just, be popular. Yeah. Remake Shakespeare in, in high school. Uh, so to start with Clueless, uh, we open up with sort of a montage of Cher and all of her very popular friends um, hanging out. <laughs> and <laughs> very popular, very beautiful friends. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we see Cher, she's getting ready for the day, and she's using uh, a, a very, uh, at the time, it, was, it seemed very <laughs> um, uh, high-tech computer program to choose her outfit for the day. I would still take this now. If you could just, like, put yourself, like, onto your phone as, like, an app and just, like, everything yeah. in your closet you can mix and match together – That'd be amazing. I would take that now. I'm sure I'm sure it does exist. I'm sure someone has created it, but it's also a lot of work to have to go through because you have to go through and take pictures of like each piece of clothing that you own. And like, you know, maybe if you have uh, an assistant or like a housekeeper or something like that to do that for you, (laughs) then then you would use a a program like that. But um, I can see why it it hasn't caught on. I'll put it that way. I feel like there should be a way to do that, though, like to upload items of clothing from different places or just like a basic like black like V-neck shirt or something like that. And you can just select like these items in your wardrobe to kind of like be able to to put them together and stuff. Like linked through with Amazon or something like that. Yeah, I yeah, this should still happen if it does not already exist. And I feel like if it did, we would know about it because it would be like. The dream that everybody wanted in 1995 when they saw they saw Cher like going through a closet. 
I'll create that app for you. Thank Casey. you. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, from there, we meet uh, Cher's dad, who is a lawyer. Um, we meet her, Josh, her ex-stepbrother, um, who, <laughs> who is, uh, seems like a couple years older than her. He's in college, mm -hmm. uh, also studying to be an environmental lawyer. So he hangs out at their house a lot to, like, help out her dad. Um, Cher drives to school, even though she doesn't actually have a license. She's... <laughs> She's not a licensed driver yet, but she has a permit, um, and she drives like she does not have a license yet. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't really understand stop signs, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, she picks up her best friend, Dion, who's another uh, socialite like her, uh, and they go to school. We meet Dion's boyfriend, Murray. They have sort of, like, already an, an old married couple vibe going on uh, among the high school elite. Um, and then we see uh, Cher in debate class, where she gives a, a riveting speech about <laughs> about allowing the Haitians to, or sorry, the Haitians, yes, yes, <laughs> to come to America, um, and draws parallels between immigration and when people didn't RSVP for her father's fiftieth birthday party, um, mm -hmm. and. She gets a lot of applause for her. She's clearly very popular, you know, and and uh, can get a lot of attention within the school. Uh, her her teacher is less than impressed, though, <laughs> with her debate skills. And uh, we see the effect of this as Claire gets her report card back um, and is not doing well in several of her classes, including debate. Um, so Cher's plan is to get all of her teachers to change her grades, um, which she mostly does uh, through either just her powers of persuasion or through kind of lying. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it works except for with uh, Miss Geist and uh, Mr. Hall, um, her debate teacher, and she decides that the reason that these two teachers are so unreasonable is actually just that they're very unhappy, and so she needs to uh, set them up yeah. <laughs> together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We get like sort of sort of a, a mini makeover with Miss Geist, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a very like the Cher and Dion like I love the scene because they just like stop Miss Geist on the way out of her office and and just take like ten seconds at most to like rearrange her hair and her makeup and her yeah. clothing, and it's like night and day the difference. <laughs> like, they're very skilled at what they do. <laughs> So it seems to be working. They seem to be quite happy, and Cher is uh, receiving the the gratefulness of the entire student body, really, for the improved moods of uh, her teachers. Meanwhile, Cher's gotten in trouble for driving without a license, <laughs> so she needs to have a licensed driver, her father tells her every time that she goes out. Um, and so she asks Josh to join her. Um, and Josh gives her, uh, during this, this drive, a sort of a hard time about how selfish that she is. And so this sort of, it, it sort of brings Cher down, that, that Josh thinks that she's selfish, despite her, uh, you know, her, her good works, uh, setting up teachers and putting them in a good mood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day at school, she's at uh, gym. This is one of my favorite lines, too. Cher asks Dion if, if she would call her selfish, and Dion says, no, not to your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we're introduced to a new student, Ty, played by Brittany Murphy, 
who's uh, the clueless one of uh, titular fame here. <laughs> she's moved from New Jersey, I believe. Um, and she's, you know, very out of place in this Beverly Hills high school. As far as fashion goes, she's just, she's just, she's just a mess. And so Cher with, with Josh's um, uh, comments about her selfishness sort of ringing in her ears decides that she's going to take Ty under her wing to prove how selfless she is. I know we were talking about uh, Ty is meant to be 15, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> uh, there's kind of a funny scene where she, uh, they ask Ty how she's doing on her first day. And Ty says she could use some herbal refreshment. And uh, Cher and Dion think she's talking about tea. Yeah. <laughs> and says, <laughs> we don't have tea, but there's Coke and stuff at the cafeteria. And um she thinks they're talking about Coke, Coke, and not Coca-Cola. No shit, you guys got Coke here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and her first day, Ty also meets Travis, uh, played by, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Breckenmeyer. Thank you, Casey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> played by Breckenmeyer, who's a, this sort of a, a stoner kid uh, at their high school. Um, who is very sweet and very nice to Ty, and Sharon Dion immediately tried to discourage Ty from going out with Travis uh, because he is uh, just uh, not of the same social class as they are. Um, So they redirect Ty's affections to uh, one of the popular guys in school, uh, Elton, and decide to uh, do a makeover on Ty. And I love a makeover scene. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. They dye her yeah. hair. They give her a new outfit. And she looks adorable. They're encouraging Ty to sort of... They're sort of nudging Ty and Elton together at this point, And it, they, it seems to be working. They do a little photo shoot. And Elton has Ty's picture up uh, in, his, in his locker. While they're there, Cher's still trying to play matchmaker between Ty and Elton. And then Ty gets a shoe to the head <laughs> while she's dancing. Oh. <laughs> and gets knocked out. Um, and we get the great little rolling with the homies moment. <laughs> rolling <laughs> with the, the homies. homies. Yeah. Um, as, a uh, Cher encourages Elton to help Ty with her, with her, uh, head wound here. It's kind of funny because in both of these movies, we get head wounds. Out of our we do. <laughs> yeah. There's two possible concussions. We go through like the yeah. regular like high school cliques as well for these two like literary yeah, yeah updates of, of, of films and stuff. Yes. <laughs> so. And then Cherry gets a call from her dad and she has to go home. Um, she tries to encourage Elton to take Ty home, but he is not, does not seem interested um, and is able to finagle Cher into going home with him. And then on the way back he pulls over the car and basically tries to make out with Cher in the car um and apparently this entire time that she's been trying to set up Elton and Ty Elton has thought that she was interested in him um and he has absolutely no interest in Ty whatsoever (laughs) yeah she's he thinking that she's not good enough for him yeah what a jerk yeah what a snob um so he keeps trying he keeps trying to uh, get with Cher, and she, frustrated, gets out of the car, and then he drives away. Real prize. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she gets uh, held up at gunpoint uh, by a guy who takes her purse and her money. 
um, and leaves her there at the circus liquor, um, which I, it, <laughs> it's such a, a great shot of just like the, the circus liquor is uh, just so big and, and kind of iconic and it's also right down the street. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I love that scene. <laughs> um, and, and he forced her to ruin her dress too, which is just beyond. Um. He's a monster all around. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So Cher calls uh, Josh to come and pick her up. We get a sort of a sweet scene with Cher and Josh where they pick up uh, a takeout for Cher's dad because he's been working late with a, a group of lawyers. And she, you know, because she has fun with Josh. She, she likes hanging out with Josh. What could it mean? <laughs> the next day we uh, meet Christian, who is a new student at the school. Uh, and walks in and Cher is Im- immediately smitten. And this this guy, I don't know that I've seen this actor or anything else before. Yeah, no, not really. He has a very young Brando look to him. Yeah. Um, like extreme. <laughs> uh, very dreamy. And so Cher uh, does her best to sort of draw attention to herself uh, around him and uh, eventually... Uh, he asks, he technically asks her if she knows about any, like, goings-on for the weekend. It's not really a date ask-out. It's, it's, it's more like you seem very socially, you know, capable. What's, what's, what's the cool thing to do? Yeah, yeah, you know what's going on and I'm new here, so, yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) so, uh, some of Josh's college friends are having a party that she invites him to. And then they go, and uh, we get uh, the 90s ska band performing at the party. Yeah. The, <laughs> this one is the Mighty Mighty Boston. Yes. We'll a different one later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ty comes to the party and is, is clearly feeling very awkward. Um, you know, she's still sort of reeling from Elton's rejection and is just kind of hanging out, not knowing what to do. And then Josh follows Cher there. Um and uh, sees Ty sort of struggling and decides to invite her to dance. So they're, they're all having a, a good time. That's the interesting thing about this movie, too, is it's not really, like, I wouldn't really say it has, like, a three-act structure. Yeah. Yeah, it goes, like, it's a it's a weird thing because, like, you could almost move around the, the pieces of the of the movie as yeah, long as yeah. certain things were in, like, a set a set place and stuff. It's also different little, little sequences that go one right after the other. Yeah. So then... Oh, speaking of, yes, because I just mixed up when Cher uh, and Josh get the takeout for her. <laughs> it actually happens after the party, not after he takes her home. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Cher uh, is having a great time with Christian, and she decides that she wants to have sex with him. Uh, she's a virgin, so this is a very big deal. You know, she's decided that he's the one, um, and uh, she invites Christian over for movies uh, at her at her place while her father's going to be gone. Um, and <laughs> I can't remember exactly which movies. I know one of them was Spartacus. Yeah, Spur- Sporadicus? Why? You mean Sporadicus. Yeah, <laughs> um. Oh, Some Like It Hot. It's Some Like It Hot and Sporadicus. Some Like It Hot and Sporadicus. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, at some point, Cher sort of uh, overtly comes on to Christian, and he becomes uncomfortable and decides to leave. Um, and then the next day, when Cher is trying to figure out what she did wrong, 
Uh, she's in the car with uh, Dee and Murray, and uh, <laughs> Murray informs her that Christian is gay. Uh, <laughs> it was, so that's why yeah. he would not be interested in sleeping with her. It's so clear, like watching it, everything is, is yeah. so clear. Like at the party that they go to and stuff like that, it, you know, shares, like, he's just so into me because, like, another woman hits on him at the bar and he, like, picks up her hand and takes it off because it's like, oh, he's into me. But then he is just chatting up the male bartender and he's, like, super yeah. focused on the male bartender so she doesn't see anything as a threat. And then at the end, he wants to stay out and party and he's, like, talking to this group of guys and it's like, we should, you know, like, still, like, stay out, which is, like, another thing that happens in uh, 10 Things is, like, someone wants to stay out past and then everybody yeah. or many people go home but he's gonna stay out with like a bunch of guys and it's like oh no you go and have fun and it's like okay so every <laughs> single thing is a sign leading up yes. to it but yeah and you know what uh i mean i was i was very young when i first saw this movie so i did not see it coming either <laughs> well no like i i feel like you're not the, the whole point is so you don't register those things like they make yeah. sense when you rewatch it but like on on first glance like you are in Cher's shoes I'd love to be in Cher's <laughs> shoes, but like you, you know, you're seeing it from her perspective, so you wouldn't think anything of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cher realizes that Christian is gay, and then they sort of get over the awkwardness pretty quickly, it seems like, and, and Christian and Cher become like besties. They're hanging out with Ty at the mall at one point, um, and Ty is sort of using her, well, not using her new status, but she's she's enjoying the attention, I think, a lot of the sort of the makeover that, that Cher and Dee gave her, so she's hanging out with some guys at the mall uh, and flirting with them when they uh, sort of grab her and, and hold her over the edge of the of the mall like as a joke and it's you know she freaks it's scary Christian comes to her rescue which is very nice um, uh, but then uh, Ty becomes uh, very extremely popular even more popular share at school because of this ordeal that she's gone gone under and she has you know insight into what happens before you die and it's yeah. all very dramatic <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so Cher is kind of clearly kind of feeling a little bit uh left out and, and maybe bummed that Ty has perhaps surpassed her in the status yeah. on the social ladder and then Cher has her uh driver's test and shockingly she fails it. yeah <laughs> Like she legit, like doesn't she almost run over a bicyclist? While yeah, she's and he asks about parallel parking, and she asks why everywhere you go has valet. <laughs> yeah. So she comes back. She's not in a great mood. Ty's hanging out with Josh, and she's brought her little, a little uh, Elton box that she wants to burn because she's she's so over Elton now, and she informs Cher that she's got an, uh, a new guy that she's got her eye on, and it's Josh. Um, which Cher is not excited about, and she tries to encourage Ty away from Josh because she just doesn't. She says she they don't mesh well, um, which Ty takes issue with because she she thinks Cher is calling her stupid. Uh, and then we get one of the best lines of the movie: "Why would I listen to you? You're a virgin who can't drive." <laughs> <laughs> which at the time is like such a harsh. <sighs> So Cher goes out shopping to sort of try to get out of this funk that she's in. Um, and as she's doing so, she realizes that the reason that she doesn't want Ty and Josh to get together is because she has feelings for Josh. Um, but she feels like she's not worthy of Josh because, you know, he made fun of her for being selfish earlier in the movie. And she doesn't just she doesn't see how uh, he would want someone like her. So 
she decides to really turn things around, um, not just by giving makeovers, but by <laughs> volunteering for the Pismo Beach Disaster Relief, um, which Miss Geist is very happy about. Yes. Good old Miss Geist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she uh, pulls a bunch of uh, food and, and equipment from her own house to donate, and uh, she's, uh, you know, She's 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 turning it around. She's 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 got a lot going on. Yes. And um, at the same time, we find out that Travis uh, he he brings his bong to the <laughs> disaster relief yes. donation. <laughs> so we find out that he's uh, sober um, and going through a twelve-step program. Um, and <laughs> uh, so when uh, he invites her to uh, like a skating show i'm not sure exactly what it is but the, the, they're like competition maybe yeah i feel like it's a competition like a yeah like a skating event um of his yeah. uh ty is there and Cher and ty sort of bury the hatchet and um Cher can see that that ty's still on the travis train and so everything's fine <laughs> yeah um and then uh Cher is at home helping out her dad with uh, some lawyer stuff um, when uh, she apparently screws something up despite her good intentions. You know, something goes wrong and, and her, her dad's, like, uh, co-worker, lawyer, yells at her about it. And uh, Josh goes and is sort of comforting her. And then they kiss. And yay. Uh, yay. In the epilogue, we get to see uh, Miss Geist and Mr. Hall getting married, uh, and everybody's partnered up, and it's all very happy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, I do want to talk about a little bit also about the dialogue in this movie, because mm -hmm. it's so... Um, it's very, like, affected, and I... I like read in some of the trivia that they they say they went to like a Beverly Hills high school to observe students and I'm like okay but I don't think that you actually heard people talking like that like yeah like I love the dialogue and I think it's great but I think one of the reasons that it works is because it's not really of a, a real time I don't think people ever actually spoke like this it's just sort of like you know these high school kids have their own like slang and their own vocabulary that they use um like saying as if and stuff like that. I don't know anybody who actually said that. Do you in the 90s? No, not. I mean, I feel like maybe they did after this movie. Like this movie, yeah. I feel like created these phrases, you know, so like, mm -hmm. like a Monet. Like I feel like because of this movie, these phrases yeah. and like slang became famous. Whereas like in culture, one may happen at like a time. So there may be like mm -hmm. one thing. Um, but not, you know, all of the, all of these things, but it really stands out. I guess the dialogue in both movies, cause like the other one, it kind of like lifts a lot of stuff. I feel like from Shakespeare yeah. and this mm -hmm. one, it's like, it invented all these like new, like slang words, like for this, for this movie. Yeah. And one yeah. thing I found really interesting was that apparently Amy Heckerling, when she wrote this, um, the first draft was not at all based on Emma. Um, oh. she was, she was supposed to write like, you know, a movie about teenagers basically. Um, and she thought of this character who was like, just always happy about everything. And <laughs> she sort of realized, I think on the second draft or something like that, that she 
was kind of pulling from Emma Woodhouse for that character. And then she went back and she read the book again and decided to just, you know, make it an adaptation from there and incorporate all of the, a lot of the storylines from the book into the movie. Um, so that might be why I feel like this movie, at least meta on a meta level, doesn't really reference Emma as much as uh, like 10 things does Shakespeare mm-hmm. um, later. But uh, yeah, uh, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They kept Elton's name. Like that name is yes, the same. That's true. Um, did you happen to see anything? So uh, producer Ryan was listening to the Scrubs podcast and on it, Donald Faison was talking about this movie and mm-hmm. why he has like braces on his teeth and a shaved oh. head. So on it, he was talking about how he had at the time a receding hairline. So to play a high schooler, he had to shave his head, which I think is why, you know, it's covered up at the beginning. And then once we get to the party, he shaved his yeah. head and then Dion freaks out about their yearbook pictures. And he had braces on his teeth to hide his baby teeth. I guess he has small teeth, so the braces are there to to hide those. And then now he has, like, you know, new teeth, like, capped or something like that. Um, right. But, yeah, so that's why, at the time, he oh. looks that way. Yeah. So. I mean, I feel like it works. He looks as much like a high schooler as any of them do, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, they all look, yes. <laughs> Even though they weren't that old, I, I don't think, for, you know, this isn't like Greece or something like that, where they're getting 30-year-olds to play high school students. Yeah, um, I think Dion is older, even though she looks young. I, mm. For some reason, I feel like I was surprised when I saw her age. But, I mean, you know, I, she doesn't yeah. look any older than any of, of the other people or anything like that. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I enjoy this movie. There's, like, little things that I, I enjoy about it. Like, when they're doing, like, the switch up um, of, like, whose car is going to take who home from, from the party. Yeah. And stuff like that. Summer, who the other driver, she's just stealing a snowman lawn ornament. Like she's just take she's just taking it home. It's just I, you know, I don't know, you go to a party and you steal a lawn ornament uh from this party in the valley. And well, I think one of the most famous lines that absolutely does not work is her dad saying, like, everywhere in LA takes twenty minutes. Like right, which yeah. is like nowhere in LA takes twenty minutes. Like I can get to you in twenty minutes, but like that's about like yeah, everywhere takes longer than 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes. So. But it is interesting that they, they kind of get a lot of the locations correct. Like, um, I think the party is supposed to be happening in Sun Valley and then pulls over at the Circus Liquor, which uh-huh. is in, technically in North Hollywood. But he could, in theory, have been passing that by, by that on his way oh, like, yeah. to the freeway to, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's a fun it's a fun movie if you're familiar at all with Los Angeles and seeing like oh that's the mall I used to work at and stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, that is Clueless. All right. Okay. And then all right, so 10 things I hate about you. All right. So for this one we start with like happy teens in a car listening to One Week <laughs> by the Bare Naked Ladies. And then Cat, uh, Julia Stiles pulls up next to them and she drowns out their happy music with Joan Jett's bad <laughs> reputation. Uh, and then we follow her to school and she like rips down the prom poster. She's just, she's a real rebel of a character. Um, 
We go to Miss Perky's office, played by Aunt Allison Janney, who's the guidance counselor. And we meet Cameron, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's a new student at the school. Um, and as he is leaving her office, we meet uh, Patrick Verona, uh, played by Heath Ledger. And he clearly spends a lot of time in the in the guidance counselor's office. Um, and his character uh, in, in the Shakespeare play, his character is from Verona, but now it's his last name is Verona. Yes. For this. Um, so then we meet uh, Michael, played by David Krumholtz, who is in charge of showing Cameron around school. And like Clueless, we go through like all the different cliques in the school. Yes. Uh, this one has the beautiful people, the coffee kids, the white Rastas, uh, cowboys, and future MBAs. So those are the... Which, high school uh, you know, does not does not match up with any high school cliques that I was familiar with in real life, but <laughs> no, I no. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could make maybe a line between white Rastas and like stoner kids. Could kind of work. Maybe I. <laughs> uh, much more specific, I feel like than yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I liked also that there was like an AV group in Clueless. And in this one, even though he doesn't mention it, there clearly is because as like Cameron is getting introduced to Michael and he says like, oh, they usually send one of those like AV kids over here. And then the guy's like, hey, Michael, where do I like And He's like looking, he's trying to get him to give him some like AV club advice. And he's like, Michael. And he just tries to dismiss it as he's not one of those people. (laughs) Yeah, Michael's really funny in this movie. And I guess Joseph Gordon-Levitt, actually, he auditioned to play Cameron and he auditioned to play Michael and he wanted to play Michael, but he got Cameron. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so too cute sorry yeah yeah <laughs> um so uh as he's introducing him to the to the different cliques uh cameron sees bianca stratford and he says i burn i pine i perish which is from the play and michael tells him that the stratford sisters aren't allowed to date uh and then their names for their characters are actually the same as in the play and their last name is Stratford because Shakespeare was born in Stratford upon Avon. So that's based on the city that he is from. Um, so we go, uh, we're now in class, and uh, Kat wants to know why they can't read a book written by a woman. And their teacher, Mr. Morgan, played by Daryl Shell Mitchell, he wants to know why they can't get a book written by a black man. So fair enough to both <laughs> both questions. Uh, and Kat argues. Kat with, was teaching us about white feminism for early. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Kat argues with a uh, popular kid, Joey Donner, played by Andrew Keegan. Um, so yeah, so you know that they don't they don't get along. Uh, so then Joey, <laughs> Joey bets a guy uh, that he can sleep with Bianca Stratford. Now the guy says like that they should bet money, and Joey says, "Money I've got. This I'm going to do for fun." I'm gonna stop right That's there. Not really a bet. Yeah, like trying to sleep with a girl, it's not a new idea that like this time I'm going to try to sleep with a girl for fun (laughs) as if normally I don't try to have sex for pleasure. Yeah. (laughs) But but yes, so it's not for money. He's just betting that he can sleep with her. So uh, Bianca needs a French tutor. Uh, Cameron decides he's going to learn French so that he can be her tutor and be around her. Uh, In real life, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt speaks french fluently um but so then yeah (laughs) um so then uh michael uh is trying to drive his like scooter 
kind of thing, and it's not really working out. And he yeah, it's like he, he he thinks of it like a motorcycle, but it is not a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not going well. And so he says that he has a minor encounter with the shrew, uh, the mewling rampalian wrench herself, it wrench herself, and uh, he informs Cameron that Cat is Bianca's sister. So then we go home to like to to Cat and Bianca's house, and Cat is Cat is excited because she got accepted to Sarah Lawrence. But her dad doesn't want her going to college across the country. And he also doesn't like the fact that uh, Joey drove Bianca home from school. (laughs) He's having trouble raising uh, his daughters as a single parent. Uh, But so their old rule is that there's no dating until you graduate. And he decides he's going to instead do this new rule where Bianca can date when Kat does. Thinking that it may take even longer, like past, past high school. So... You get the sense like Bianca and Kat don't get along because they're very different personalities. Kat doesn't care what people think and Bianca loves being adored. <laughs> so Cameron is tutoring Bianca and he tries, to, he tries to ask her out but get out of it by just saying they can go have French food and, you know, kind of learn about it that way. Um, but she tells him that kind like... work around the, the new dating rule. Yes, yeah. Um, but she tells him that like, oh, well, actually there's a new rule. And it's, uh, you know, that she can date when Kat does. So Cameron decides, okay, so he has to find a guy that's willing to date Kat so that he can go out with Bianca. So Cameron and Michael realize that the only person (laughs) that they can find that is willing, that might be willing, is uh, Patrick. But they need to give him an incentive to ask out Kat. He's not just going to do it on his own. And so they decide to tell joey who also wants to date bianca that he should pay patrick to take cat out uh but they don't mention why they're doing it the fact that they want to do it so that cameron can ask bianca out yeah they pose it as uh michael doing it for a a bump in social status basically from him yeah yeah which i think is a good sell i think that's a great way to to get out of it um so then Joey uh, pays Patrick to ask out Kat. Uh, and then Patrick tries but gets shut down. So Cameron and Michael decide that they want to help Patrick uh, get Kat to go out with him. And they tell him that they set the whole thing up and that Joey is just, just a pawn in this situation. <laughs> and so they decide to like set up Michael's rival, Bo- Bogey, uh, who wants to have like this small like party at his house. And instead, they just, it's a great shot of, like, the spiral (laughs) staircase at their school of just these flyers that say free beer just, like, falling in slow motion. Raining down on the population. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then there's this great scene. So Cameron and Patrick decide to, or sorry, Cameron and Michael decide to go to a bar where Patrick is. And I really enjoy this this scene as an adult. Yeah. Um, Because they're teenagers, so they have no idea what they are doing when they go to a bar. They're just freaked out <laughs> by going to a bar. They've clearly never been in one. And so Michael is first bonding with the bikers outside with his, like, little bike with the basket <laughs> on it. And uh, there's, like, a jar of something for free. I didn't know if it was, like, candy or condoms or, like, what was in or, like, matches or something, like, in this, you know, like, jar. And Cameron goes to, like, pick one up. And Michael immediately just, like, slaps his hand. <laughs> to get him to drop it and he's like you might get hepatitis like he's just so afraid to touch anything in a bar and then they're walking up they see patrick is playing pool 
So they, they're walking up, and on the pool ta- table next to them, there are two people clearly playing pool, and Michael is just oblivious and just picks up the pool ball that they were about <laughs> to hit and just, like, examines it and just tosses it. As if, and just completely oblivious to the fact that he has just messed up this game that these two other people are playing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they give Patrick some details about what Kat is into so that he'll have better luck asking her out. And so then Patrick goes to a concert where he knows Kat is going to be. Uh, he asks her out uh, and to go to Bogey's party with him. She doesn't say yes, but she doesn't say no either. So, progress. Uh, beyond- uh, band performing was Letters to Cleo, I believe, at the concert. Yes. Maybe. So I the thing is that they never mention Letters to Cleo, which is weird to me that they, they never yeah, say. Yeah, they never say Kay Hanley's name, but even though it comes back up later in the Yes. Or letters to Cleo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then um, Bianca convinces Kat to go to Bogey's party so that she can go so though everybody's going to go. So we get to, to Bogey's party and he's having this fancy party and then he hears the doorbell ring and he's like, that must be Nigel with the Brie. And he just opens <laughs> the door and the house is just flooded with kids. But I do like you do see... A kid with like a silver tray holding like oh, Brie really? on it. So <laughs> Nigel is there. He's one of the first kids in. Um, <laughs> and Bianca is still rude to Kat, even though she agreed to go so that Bianca could go to this party. But she's still rude to her. And I don't like that. Um, no. And then Bianca walks off with Joey hurting Cameron's feelings because, you know, he was into her. Um, but then Bianca is like talking to him and she's kind of bored by Joey she's just kind of like not as into him Patrick tries to stop Kat from getting drunk um, at the party uh, but she does anyway and um, she dances on one of the tables do we want to talk yeah, about she's, she's trying to discourage yeah, from getting together with Joey which is seems to be driving her I think to drink Bianca, yeah right? yeah yeah and she's also like yeah she's not getting along with Bianca and Bianca's like being mean to her you know and I feel like she's yeah yeah, it's just like a whole thing. But yeah, so she does like a dance on a table. Do we want to talk about how you did that dance once? <laughs> no, we're not okay. talking about that. All right, moving on. So Kat hits her head um, on one of the like like lamps up on the up on the table. And Patrick is concerned that she may have a concussion. So he's taking care of her. Cameron decides to kind of like pull Patrick aside and says that, that the deal is off, that Bianca only wanted to be with Joey the whole time. And Patrick... Very nicely, because you you know you you realize that you really like Patrick, like even though he's like standoffish at first, like he's a good guy, and he says Joey isn't half the man that he is, and don't let anyone tell you that you don't deserve what you want. And then he goes back to taking care he's, of. He's very wise. He's young but wise. Yes, Patrick. <laughs> yes, and has a great smile. Yes, <laughs> he like smiles in this movie, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like it's just so sad. Like I, oh. I know. Um. So then um, Joey wants to continue partying, but Bianca really doesn't want to. So she lies and she says she has to go home. But her friend Chastity, played by Gabrielle Union, uh, just jumps at the chance to to stay out with Joey. So Bianca asks if Cameron can take her home. And then meanwhile, Patrick takes Kat home. And she mentions that she wants to start a band. And they have like this nice little moment in the car. And Kat leans in for a kiss, but Patrick does not kiss her. Yeah. Um, which also she had thrown up earlier that evening. So, 
maybe well, not the best opportunity for a kiss. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I feel like, okay, so that's, that's one, fair. Two, she's still like kind of drunk and he's sober, yeah. which, you know, okay. But also, you know that you have been paid to take this person out. It doesn't make you feel great to then be like, I'm going to kiss this person. So he does not kiss her, um, but it causes her to feel rejected. So now she's she's upset with him, um, which fair, fair enough. Um, so then Cameron is taking Bianca home. Cameron gets upset with her, you know, because he defended her and he helped her and she used him. Uh, but she does genuinely like him. Like, you you get the impression that she likes both of them. And at the beginning, she kind of wanted Joey more. But then after yeah, this she, party... She, she was maybe uh, just uh, swayed by Joey's social status, uh, even though she liked Cameron. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she realizes that, you know, Cameron did all of this for her. And she ends up kissing him um, in the car. So, at least they're getting along. Uh, very cute. <laughs> yes, yes. And then uh, Kat gets the class assignment that they have to write their own version of a Shakespeare sonnet. And Michael <laughs> talks to Kat's friend Mandela, who is a fan of Shakespeare. So Joey asks Bianca to prom, but Bianca tries to, you know, kind of like get out of it and hide behind the fact that she doesn't want to go with him and says that, you know, she can't go if Kat doesn't go. And he says, I'm working on it. And he kind of walks away. And so he pays, like, a reluctant Patrick $300 to take Kat to prom. So then Michael delivers this message uh, to Patrick that Kat hates him with the fire of a thousand suns. Uh, <laughs> also from the, from the play. Um, so Patrick decides uh, he's going to serenade Kat during her soccer practice. Right. And, like, the marching band gets involved, and he... I like how, like, seemingly all activities happen on this uh, football field at the same time at uh-huh. this school. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's soccer practice, there's a marching band going, there's, it's just, like, every single activity. I think at one point there's archery happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, like, people in the stands also, like, as if yeah. you're just <laughs> hanging out there. Yeah. Um, but I guess you need an audience for you know yes the serenading yes um but it's very cute and he runs from school security and Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it would win i it would win me over i would uh, you know i would appreciate the sentiment i think that i would i would hate having that kind of attention (laughs) but cat doesn't seem to mind so it was probably a good move for her for uh Patrick yeah I think because it's mostly him you know it's not like he's like singing right directly like I mean he's singing to her but he's very far away because he's in the stands it's not like he's standing like in in front of her so people are mostly focused on the man singing and running from security (laughs) yeah um so uh he gets detention uh Kat uses misdirection to get Patrick (laughs) out of detention and yeah. then they have a nice day paddle boating. And You're just going to... I'm not going to ex- explain the misdirection at all. So, yes, in her, her using misdirection is that her soccer coach uh, runs detention. And I do like before that also that he, like, there's this kid just sweating. And he finds mm-hmm. out that the kid has pot. So he just takes the kid's pot. And then the next kid up has a bag of Cheetos. And then he just takes that kid's takes bag of Cheetos, Cheetos as well. Um, but so, yes, yeah, so to come in, she, uh, she, she 
she is talking to her soccer coach about like winning like their future game by using misdirection and at that point yeah, she she's is trying like, trying to distract him and encourage patrick to leave while she's distracting him and then... yeah she's talking about misdirection like using misdirection to get yeah. patrick out of detention and in the <laughs> end because she panics and doesn't know how to use misdirection she just flashes him <laughs> and that's the plan I like, so i feel like that move would not fly in a movie today <laughs> no 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 it would not but uh yeah so yeah so then they they have a nice day of paddle boating and paintball and they kiss in the hay and they talk about like the rumors since they're both like these kind of like scary rebels at the school are seen that mm-hmm. way they ask about like the rumors about each other and if they're you know they're true uh, he, he tries to get her to go to prom now i understand he has been paid to take her to prom but i right. do not think it's crazy that he would ask her and she becomes weirdly suspicious about his motives yeah. by asking her to prom but anyway it's- it happens a little quickly. Like if he yeah. if he had pushed it a little bit more, I could see her being like, "Why? What?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, as it is, like she questions, and then he acts like she's crazy, and it's like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. Then it <laughs> then yeah. <laughs> then it gets weird. Yeah. So yeah. then he yeah he goes to like smoke a cigarette, and she doesn't like cigarette smokers, and so then she leaves upset. Uh, Mandela finds uh, an Elizabethan dress in her locker along with a note from Shakespeare (laughs) asking her to prom. So that's nice. And then... uh, (laughs) Bless you. Um, Yeah, I do like that, you know, the the movie is uh, not necessarily on Kat's uh, side with her whole, like, rebellious, like, prom is just for uh sick you know the lemmings who who you know and sycophants who to just follow follow the the crowd or whatever by having her best friend who's like well i'd like to go but i don't have a date yeah <laughs> like she kind of makes fun of her for taking the the you know oh we're taking a stand by not going to prom and she's like okay well <laughs> yeah i think it would be fun yeah <laughs> Um, so then Kat confides in Bianca that she dated Joey uh, freshman year for a month and that she felt peer pressure to have sex because everyone was doing it. And then after they slept together, she told him that she didn't want to anymore and he dumped her. Um, so after that, she said, I swore I'd never do anything just because everyone else was. And then Bianca blames her for helping their dad keep her hostage in their house um, and that she wouldn't make the same mistakes. And it's like, but it looks like you would have made the exact same <laughs> mistake. Like, you're so upset with her for not telling you this, which is, like, her personal information. And then, you know, like, and then, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of get being a little upset that you didn't, like, not telling her that she had dated Joey when she was getting interested in Joey like that seems like something you should bring up as a sister like it does but I I also dated this guy yeah but I feel like she's not upset because like oh you also dated him I would have stayed away from him it's like no I wouldn't be dumb enough to make your stupid mistake of sleeping with him even though I want to go out with him or I wanted to go (laughs) out with him and I haven't actually said no to prom but you know you're young and you're a teenager and you don't always make the best decisions so yeah true. <laughs> um so then we like jump to prom 
and Kat and Bianca have made up in the in the meantime um and they're both going Cameron picks up Bianca and then Kat meets Patrick there Kat apologizes for questioning Patrick's motives yeah. uh, I know <laughs> and then Joey uh tries to pick up Bianca but their dad just like closes the door on him <laughs> Um, and then at, at prom, Mandela realizes that uh, the Shakespeare invitation was from Michael and he's also dressed up. And uh, yeah, so that, that one's very nice. They have a, a nice yes. time together. And then um, Bianca is surprised that Chastity is at prom and she says that, you know, Joey brought her and Bianca's like, oh, he's all yours. Like she's completely over him and she's just into Cameron. And Chastity tells her that, like, Joey, Joey was only interested in her because he had a bet with his friends that he was going to sleep with her that night. So Bianca's upset, and uh, Joey confronts Patrick uh, that he didn't pay him to take out Kat so that she could go out with Cameron. Kat hears this, and she runs off, and then Patrick goes to follow her. And then Joey hits Cameron. Bianca then hits Joey <laughs> once for her sister again for Cameron and then she knees him in the groin for herself yay yay <laughs> yeah so oh, well, by the way the band playing at the prom was save Ferris yes so save Ferris at the prom and then but then it's like also like letters to Cleo or just like the lead singer yeah. of letters to Cleo comes out yeah. yeah just so <laughs> which Patrick arranged because he knows her for some reason which, <laughs> again it but it's not one of the bands that we were told that she likes because we were specifically yeah, no. told that she likes like Bikini Kill and the Raincoats. You yeah. could just say Save Ferris or Letters to Cleo. But yes, anyway, so. Yeah, it's weird that she, like, they're like, she'll be at this show and then they go to the show and then like, even when, <laughs> even when Kay Henley shows up at the prom, she doesn't, she says, oh my God, it's, but then she doesn't finish yeah. <laughs> the sentence. I'm like, did they not have the rights to say the name of the band for some reason? It's, it's a little strange. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, but he, yes, he did a very nice gesture for her um, yes. <laughs> before everything goes horribly wrong and she gets upset. Um, so then later, uh, Bianca thanks Kat for going to prom and Kat mentions how she beat up uh, how Bianca beat up Joey to their dad, and their dad is impressed uh, that Kat is rubbing off on Bianca. And he tells Kat that he sent a check to Sarah Lawrence, so she's going to get to go uh, to the college she wants to, so she's excited about that. So then we get to the 10 Things I Hate About You sonnet, which I'm just going to recite because I feel like that's the easiest way to get the message across of, like, all the, you know, the things in it. Um... <laughs> So hers is, I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate your big dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. Even worse when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call but mostly, I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. So, thank you. <laughs> um, so I guess that was the first and only take uh, when she did it. And, oh, wow, really? And the crying was not in the script, but really oh. sells the scene that she starts yes. to, to cry when she says it. 
Um, and then you like see him in class and he looks very upset. Which I forgot when I was watching it that he was even in the class because I'm like, wait, he's... Yeah, he shows up at the very beginning. He like walks in and to the classroom and says, what did I miss? Yeah. And uh, she's... Oh, Kat responds. She says like something about the patriarchy or something yeah. like that. And then he says, great. And he just turns Leaves. Leaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so, Yeah. Um, so then she goes out to her car and she sees the guitar that she was playing like earlier in the, in the movie at the store, um, is now in her car and Patrick had bought it for her with the money he was paid to take her out. And then they make up and it's very nice and everybody's happy. And then Letters to Cleo starts to perform on, <laughs> on a rooftop of the school. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess was very scary because like they're up there and it's like windy and there's a helicopter and it's a very expensive shot and I guess there was a lot of pressure like on the band um, like to, to get that to get that right. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that's 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, my mm-hmm. other little things I have like so Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles dated in real life I guess. Oh did they? Um, I did not know that. Yeah I didn't either. They have, they have great chemistry in this movie. They All do. All scenes like where they're, you know, doing their, their cute thing. They're like, yeah, I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then Julia Stiles, she was in other adaptations. She was also in um, Hamlet, and she was in O, and Andrew Keegan mm-hmm. was also in O. Um, mm-hmm. And the soundtracks to both of these movies are great also. Like, yeah. we didn't talk about the music, but, I mean, well, I guess we didn't. But, but in general, like, both of them, I feel like, were popular soundtracks. Yes, and yeah. they're very 90s. Like, we got some ska in there. Yeah. <laughs> we got <laughs> just uh, some, I think there was Luscious Jackson and uh, Clueless at one point. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's very, like, if you're feeling nostalgic, like, go ahead and just put on one of these soundtracks. Yeah. Sorry, I wanted to talk about, uh, <laughs> there were uh, there were alternate titles for Clueless, because I guess every time oh. we writes does another draft, she, like, gives it a, a new title. Um, and my favorite one was, um, I was a teenage teenager. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty great. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yes. Uh, food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so in Clueless, uh, you've got like, there's not a whole lot of food that's mentioned. Um, they get takeout, which looks like mostly like sandwiches and stuff, uh, for her father. Uh, she mentions caviar at one point, um, and then her her dad is also on like a like a low uh, blood pressure uh, diet. Um, you know, if I if I were making a menu, I would probably stick with uh, like very um, like high school party foods, <laughs> like red solo cups with beer and like pretzels chips. Like, just go all out on, like, the junk food, I feel Yeah, it's very snacky. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, she does uh, also, um, you know, drop the the full tube of cookie dough in the oven when Christian comes over. So great (laughs) that it's good to have something in the oven. Like, when you have, so. When a a boy comes over, um, (sighs) which she then burns. Um, But I feel like, you know what, just eat the cookie dough. Just, (laughs) that's what I did all the time in high school. (laughs) I feel like raw cookie dough is perfect for these two movies. Yeah, she talks about how, like, in one day she wanted to work out because she had, like, two bowls of Special K right, or something yeah. like that. She had, like, turkey, bacon, popcorn, peanut M&Ms, and licorice. So. <laughs> like, five peanut M&Ms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But we have, so in this one, like, you know, uh, Mr. Hall and Miss Geist, like, they share coffee. Like, she brings mm-hmm. the, the thermos of coffee. And then there's, yeah. like, coffee club and 10 things they hit up by you. So there's coffee in both of them. And then there's, like, the Cheetos uh, that the soccer um, coach steals in 10 things they hit about you. And then Josh is eating, like, a giant bowl of Cheetos while he's watching TV. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's Cheetos in both of them. All but, right. Yeah. And then for 10 things I hate about you foods um yes i already mentioned like coffee club and cheetos they also uh, you know and in general yes i feel like because of the party again like solo cups of beer it would be very good tequila might be too much um (laughs) as it was for cat yeah um michael mentions a peach fruit roll up when he tries to go and talk to um joey and then or brie if you want to have some yes if you want to (laughs) be nigel with the brie it would be great to have just a full spread of like junk food, like high school party food, and then like just a, a platter of brie. In the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you could also do like Elizabethan food if you wanted to do something, but that might be uh, more difficult. Um, yeah. For this, I decided, given those options, I was not going to attempt to make Cheetos or something like that. Um, <laughs> So since um, Cameron wanted to to take Bianca out to French food, I just decided to make French food uh, for it. So I did Coco Vamp, which I probably mispronounced, but just go, anyway, I made it. I think that's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't speak French either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I made a chicken stew for it. So I'll eventually I'll post that on the um, on the Instagram. But yeah, so. All right, Grace, do you want to tell people uh, what next week's theme is? So next week we'll be doing uh, Breaking the Fourth Wall as our theme. And uh, until then, uh, please remember that it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. 